0: It's the One Thing Podcast, and I'm Chris Dixon.
1: And I'm Sarah Hendricks.
0: Sarah, today we have a really
1: cool opportunity. I get to interact with the... Well, we both get to interact with some of our community members often, but this one is particularly awesome. Number one, because I got to meet her in the flash. And number two, can I say this? She's just done some really cool shit.
0: Yeah, today we get to meet and speak with April Spilde who is a longtime One Thing member and a very successful human being who has a super cool story. And today we're going to talk about some of the success she's found utilizing the tools and the principles that we all have come to love here at The One Thing.
1: Something that she talked a lot about that I thought was a really great takeaway was thinking big and going small and how going small has really been uh, an important takeaway for her as she's been on her One Thing journey and really what that means to her, what she's seen success in by you know, spending 10 minutes every night packing her gym bag. So it's, it's a really great conversation and she is just a gem.
0: Such a good conversation. So let's go talk to April about thinking big and going small. All right. Hey, everybody. Today, we've got April Spilde here with us, who is a soon to be senior master sergeant of the 354th Fighter Wing out of Fairbanks, Alaska. And we'll we'll have April tell us some of her background here in a sec, but uh, she has been a longtime member of the One Thing community, and we are very excited to have her here to talk about her experience with us today.
1: April, how long have you been a member? So I've been a member
2: since, I would say... Mid-2019, that's when I first came across the One Thing book. And then when I actually joined the community, it was more towards the end of 2019. So about uh, two and a half years now.
1: And you've been such a, an engaged community member and have accomplished so much during this time. I know Chris just asked you to to give a little about yourself, but I just have to say, like, we love having you in the community and seeing all of your successes through the past couple of years. It's just been a joy to watch you grow. Oh, Sarah.
2: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that, that means a great deal. Yeah. Um, My feelings are that you, um, this community, you all have truly transformed my life in a way that is... not uh, quantifiable. (laughs) Like It just goes beyond scope. So to me, to hear that, um, it really makes me feel great. So thank you for saying that. A little bit about me. I have been serving in the military just over 14 years. I have done a multitude of different positions. I started out as a security forces defender. This Eilson Air Force Base was actually my first duty station back in 2008. And it's interesting because I spent five years here as a security forces member. And then I came back um, last year and I'm serving now in the role of uh, equal opportunity superintendent. So it feels very full circle in that um, as an airman, I needed to reach out and find help. And now I'm helping and uh, providing resources to the airmen that I currently serve, so that's it's so really cool.
0: cool. Yeah, that's super that's awesome. cool. Hey, can I ask you about if, if I understand, you live just outside of Fairbanks,
2: yes, in Alaska?
0: Mm-hmm. Can I ask you about Alaska? How is it up there for you? Do you do you like living up there? And what's your what's your take on the uh, the area? <laughs> uh,
2: I will say that. It is an awesome place to live but it is definitely not for the faint of heart <laughs> um so when my husband and I found out that we were coming back to Isles and we both looked at each other and we were ecstatic because I, it, this place is what you make it so if you're going to stay indoors all year long and and complain about the austere location and the fact that we're not right next to all these uh, shopping malls and different things that people uh tend to tend to go to out of convenience then you yeah, it can be a difficult place to live. But if you are looking for an adventure, if you're looking for something that's going to take you outside of the norm of what normal people do on a day-to-day basis, this is a great place to live. Like for instance, uh, this weekend, my husband and I are going to go down fishing uh, at Valdez. And uh, <laughs> the salmon fishing out here is unlike yeah anything that you can imagine. And the, f- the actual size of the salmon is... I don't know. I, I'm from Minnesota, so I, I compare it to like northern pike. They're they're triple the size of oh. northern pike, and they fight triple yeah, the strength. Three times so hard. there's so much. <laughs> yes, they're so much fun to catch. So for me, that's something that I would never have experienced if we hadn't moved out here. So I, I'm ecstatic about that. And then the winter time, you can do all kinds of different winter sports. Um, I'm really into snowboarding. So we do an annual snowboarding trip and we wouldn't get that anywhere else outside of uh, this environment. So uh, that's how I feel
0: anyway. That's great. I, I was really fortunate to have an opportunity uh, this past year, right at, at the, actually it was, the, it was in January, it was this year. Uh, To go up to Fairbanks for a weekend to do an event to speak at an event, and uh, you know I stayed downtown, and I really love that that city's awesome. The downtown's great. There's there's great restaurants, and you can tell it's there's some cruise ship kind of uh, reliance, but (laughs) but it was great. The weather was was awesome, even though it was in January. The mountains were beautiful. You know, it was it was a really fun experience. And you mentioned snowboarding the. Host of the event said there's a uh, a nice resort like only 30 or 40 minutes away, right?
2: Yes, Aliasca Ski it. Resort. Yes, that's where we go every year, and we haven't found anything that rivals it.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, I want to just uh ask you a little bit about the uh the thir- 354th fighter wing and and the unit that you work in there because at heart I'm an aviation nerd and I know that <laughs> the, the role that you work in uh doesn't doesn't directly influence the like flying the airplane but yeah you guys are work with the F35 Yes
2: yes How we cool. do How cool
0: that's such a yeah. that's such a cool thing I, I grew up uh you may not know this but I grew up uh, around aviation and was in Air Force JRTC for 4 years oh, in high that's school that's awesome and Air Force ROTC at University of Central Florida for two years. So I I know a little bit about the Air Force.
2: Oh, wow. Well, thank you for your service. Well, uh, I don't know if that counts. No, for real. (laughs) No, thank you. I I think the, um, the ROTC program is truly a wonderful thing. And I've met a ton of people who've gone through ROTC and been influencers inside and outside of the military. And I think that is a great program. So I'm glad that you stuck that
0: out. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Because it's not, not easy. I uh, I, I started, I, I fell in love with skydiving in college and took a hard turn away from going into the military to go jump out of airplanes for a living for a few years. So <laughs> 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 life took me a different route. But can, uh, fun. Um,
1: I, I'm sorry. Can I ask a clarifying question for someone who is not knowledgeable in this stuff? Of course. What is an F-35?
0: An F-35 is the fifth generation fighter that has stealth capabilities that uh, you can tell the rest now. I'm going off. Oh, just Chris, on you're on it. <laughs>
2: you're on it. That's, I think, about the about, uh, most information we can give about it, to be okay. honest. All right. We'll keep
0: her out of trouble. I'll I'll do all the talking. So, it's the F-22, no, uh, which is the, like, the, the real badass fighter and then the F-35 is the single engine stealth version that is the, it, it's across all the branches too, right? You've got the the Navy version and the Air Force version and it's like, they sell it internationally too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That is amazing. I I have to have a visual picture since I'm you know. I just, just think the lightning
0: effect. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is there what it's go. called, right? The lightning? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, enough about aviation. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Let's, let's talk about you, April. So, I mean, you've had some some really interesting uh, experience and a lot of success uh, with the tools that you've implemented in, in your life. Can you talk about uh, some of that and and what you've done in in your personal life and your professional life with you know what we've uh, teach in and around the one thing?
2: Yes, let me think about this a little bit as far as kind of bringing this down to the key things that I've learned because there's so much I really uh, truly mean that there's a lot that I've learned um, by listening to uh, uh, reading the book and then listening to the podcast. And I'm actually doing a re-listen of the book right now on audible. So I'm like, like all these new or all these concepts are becoming uh, are new, but are also being reinforced if you will. Um, So thinking about what I've actually applied, I would say the key, there's the key habits that I've applied that have made my um, life uh, more successful. So when I think about the granular level, the lead domino, I think about the fact that I do check a 411 every day. Like that is a a key habit. I actually have it. I don't I don't know y'all can't see this, but I have it up on my wall in my uh in my room here oh, because wow. I want to be reminded of it uh every day. Um and then I set aside time to talk to my husband uh, specifically about the key things that we want to accomplish for the week. So we do our weekly uh, meeting, our family meeting, um, our dream building to uh, to make sure we're both on the same page because we both have separate goals. And then um, I also I create my success list. So that's another key, key thing that I do that I feel has uh, had a ripple effect across my across my life um so what i mean by that is i decide based on what what is the true priority for the day what i need to accomplish the first part of the day so for me i focus on the key areas of uh, physical health, and then my key relationships. My work kind of takes care of itself. I I am a um, thankfully a member of the Air Force, so work is going to take care of itself. And then I'm going to bring my best self to work and do what I need to do. The mission's going to get done. But when I think about my personal life and how I can uh, bring uh, the people that I love with me, that those are the areas that I focus on. So the key, those key circles with health and with. My key relationships, those are usually the top 20% tasks on my personal side that I focus on every day to try and, and move that forward.
1: Can I ask how long you and your husband have been having these conversations? Because we just met with Wendy Papazan, who obviously her and Jay have been doing goal setting for years and talk so highly about how it helps relationships to align on their goals. How long have you guys been doing this? So we started after the 2020
2: goal setting retreat. Oh wow.
1: Yes. So that's what kicked it off.
2: That's what really helped us. I mean, we've been married now just over 14 years. Congratulations. And after that, thank you. Just uh after that um goal setting retreat, I I mean, it opened conversations that we've I don't think we've ever had. So for me, that was A real eye opener as to the circle for my my most important relationship with my husband uh, that we were lacking. So to me, that that really was the eye opener for putting the time, the investment investment of time in my in my most important relationships versus my professional side. So that's where it started.
0: And that's so cool. So forming powerful habits. Uh, the lead domino. I want to dig in in there. Uh, using the four and one every day, uh, creating this alignment with your husband has been really powerful. Uh, you talked about the use of the success list and being able to to prioritize there, and really those two circles of physical health and key relationships is is where you get the the greatest value out of out of the experience. So, let me ask you, so what are what are some of the if you don't mind sharing, of course, what are some <laughs> of the, the habits that you've formed over time that uh, have been most impactful for you?
2: So a couple of key habits are I packed my gym bag the night before <laughs> um because I know you all know this, but i've been I've been very active in the triathlon world for a little over two years now, and I've found that one of my true key habits to make sure that I'm successful for my key workout the morning of is to the night before, know what I'm going to be doing and know what I need to pack. So that takes me about 10 minutes and that 10 minutes lays the foundation for when I need to, what I need to accomplish the next day. So that's one key habit.
0: Awesome. Well, let me ask you. So you do you do you do triathlons? What kind <laughs> of uh, tri- Wait, are you swimming in the waters in Fairbanks? I mean, what kind of wetsuit yes, do you have? Holy yeah. cow! <laughs> Burr, I just got the chills. Yeah. Cold, Sarah.
2: Yeah. Oh
0: man, uh, you must have like a ten millimeter wetsuit or something. <laughs> So no, what, just a
2: standard. It's my Minnesota blood.
0: Oh, geez, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> crazy. I'm sure you just go numb after like two or three minutes. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: you, you kind of get used to it. I mean, you really do acclimate. It, it, it takes a little bit of time, but you really do acclimate to cold weather. Yeah, you're just
0: like doing a, a, an hour long cold plunge. It's awesome. So, <laughs> what <laughs> what, uh, what distance do you do you typically do in the triathlon? Um,
2: so, just to kind of give you a, a a range here typical distance uh, racing wise i prefer to do um ironman 70.3 which is a half iron distance and that's usually a 1.2 mile swim however i've swam over 2.4 miles
0: wow yeah, that's great. I, I've done a couple Olympics, so a quarter oh, Ironman, but, about. but uh, I haven't I haven't done the seventy point three yet. It's on the list, but uh, oh. I haven't gotten there. I crashed my road bike a couple of years ago and broke my collarbone, so it oh. threw a a delay on that process. But that's awesome. So you do? How many of them have you done?
2: Um, so I have done two 70.3s, I've done the full iron distance, and then I have done kind of everything in two is aside from the iron distance, so two sprints. Two Olympics, two 70.3s, and one iron distance triathlon.
0: Wow. I did mine in really warm water here in Texas. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: think warm water is almost as hard as cold water because if you get too hot... Right. That's a great point. Or you can't wear a wetsuit. That's what happened uh, to
0: me. It wasn't wetsuit uh, legal. So let's talk about uh, (laughs) what other habits have you you formed or that you felt were powerful uh, from the process?
2: So definitely drinking a glass of water upon waking. That's on my list too. That's just really helped me with getting the amount of fluid and nutrition in or um, hydration in uh, to, to get me ready for a workout because it also wakes me up. So that's been a key physical habit of mine. And then I try to read 10 pages a day of a personal development book. Uh, I found that for me, one of my goals for... 2022 is to read 22 books this year, so I've I've actually accomplished that already um, because of that habit of oh, wow. uh, reading 10 pages a day. Yes,
1: nice. Um, so, Congratulations! Yeah, so I got
2: that. Yeah, I got that crossed up on the board. Yes. To, crossed off on the board too. So
0: <laughs> very nice. It feels
2: good too. Yeah. To
0: strike it off, right? Yeah.
2: Ooh.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Uh, what is your process? Like, how do you identify the habits that you want to form?
2: So that's a really I love that question because I I look to the seven circles, and I learned something in the last uh, goal setting retreat in that you need to kind of weigh your circles as far as which ones need to be filled. Cause some of them might be at a very good level, right, and then others might be below what you what you really want. So for me, when I realized personal, I felt yes, I have a lot of professional things, successes that I'm very proud of. But personal development seemed to be an area that I really wanted to focus on, especially with my job. I wanted to be able to communicate better to solve resolve conflict, things of that nature. So I, I thought the best way to do that was to start to learn about communication. So I actually started my master's degree in communications. And then I also wanted to read more about being a leader. So an impact leader. So that's also one of my values is being impactful. And um, that to me just really aligned with who I am. So taking on that goal of reading 10 pages a day in something that will further develop me it really did click with my value of, of
0: impact. Awesome. So you look to the circles to really try to identify where you want to focus. And, and when we say the circles for you guys, the seven circles that represent the different areas of your life that are, are most impactful. And you use those circles to really kind of focus or calibrate on, on where you want to form a habit and, and do that in alignment with the goals that you set for yourself.
1: Yes, I just want everyone to know that I will be focusing after this conversation on physical health as my next circle because I feel <laughs> like a fish out of water oh. talking about Sarah. Iron Man.
0: <laughs> oh, Sarah, she's under playing. She, she, you do Orange Theory, right? And I do do Orange. She theory. does Orange Theory every morning at like six a.m. So good yeah, See, that's,
1: well, thanks that's for awesome. that pat on the back. I appreciate <laughs> that. Now I don't feel like such a lame-o. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, April, the you, you mentioned lead domino earlier. Here. And we're talking about habits and we're talking about goals. Like what can you share what lead domino means for you and th- this concept that that we share?
2: For me, it means what is the most important thing? Uh, the the not necessarily the smallest thing, but the most important thing that I can do that feels like success to me. So these key habits, and what I mean by the lead domino is the habit that has brought this big monstrous goal down to its smallest elements so that it's almost foolproof or easy to do uh, on a daily basis.
0: It feels effortless.
2: Effortless. Thank you. Yes, exactly. So when I talk about packing my gym bag, like that really is, to me, it's effortless at this point because I've gathered all the things I need to do what I need to do as far as like the clothing I need to wear, the nutrition and the, um, workout, uh, everything that goes with that workout. So to me it's super easy now that I have it all figured out to get to keep that habit going.
0: Yeah, it's not requiring like additional effort or willpower. You've got the momentum rolling downhill, so you've got that habit formed and knowing where what that lead domino is, it's just so effortless to flick over because you've formed that habit.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, you know when we we say lead domino, we believe that if you imagine what extraordinary success looks like for yourself and you line up all the things, goal setting to the now, you line up all the things that would be possible to that you would have to achieve to make that possible, like lining up dominoes. You get all the way back down to your lead domino, knock that over, and it starts this chain reaction of exponential growth towards your towards mm. your goals.
2: Exactly. Just That's what it feels context.
0: like for me. Yeah, <laughs> and and me too. All right. So you you look at, you said you you use the four on one. And again, for the listeners, you've heard this before, I'm sure the four on one is the tool that we use to break down your goals. It stands for four weeks, one month and one year. Uh, And you say that you check it every day. And what What does that provide for you? What does checking the four on one every day enable you to do?
2: it really helps me with creating that success list for every day. And it, it makes it so that everything I'm doing is manageable and not so overwhelming. So for me w- being in a position that I'm in, uh, in the military, things can get overwhelming pretty quickly. Um, so for me being able to ask that question, because not everything matters equally. And I'm, I'm really grabbed onto that one. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that truth, Be, and, and it's helped me with letting go of all those other things that don't need to consume my time and my energy because it is finite for me. Um, that has helped me stay true to task and and uh, do big things.
1: How was it getting over not treating everything equally? I know, like for me, I even <sighs> str- I, I even struggle with it now, and I'm been doing this for a year and you like, regardless if you're doing it professionally, using the 411 personally or professionally, there is this innateness in me that I'm like, but everything matters equally. <laughs> it doesn't. So how was that experience for you in, in letting that go? Uh,
2: <laughs> I would say that it, at first it was hard. Because uh, well, I didn't kind of share everything that I all the roles I've played in uh, in my Air Force career. But one of the one of the positions I worked in was uh, as a flight chief in uh, security forces, meaning that I was the um, in charge of a large group of airmen that would defend the base, the installation. So for me, we call them fires. We'd come into work. What fires are? What's on fire right now? What do we need to put out? And some things truly were like, you need to do something right now. Uh, and some things were, well, they're, they're not as high priority as people are making them out to be. And when, um, when I realized that, uh, it helped me with not getting so anxious about going to work, mm-hmm. not getting so stressed out about what, what, what's waiting for me now. Right. And, and then taking, a um, a measured approach to how i was going to move forward in the day without letting it just completely uh, zap me or um like i said take me out as far as the stress.
0: It's like a so constant helps. yeah, there's a yeah. constant force out there that's wanting to pull everything in and and make everything feel urgent or important or you know kind of violate that that belief.
1: Well, and Chris, you said something uh in a previous podcast episode where it's like everyone else's 20% gets thrown at you. And it's a similar situation with you, April, where it's like you're walking into what is everybody else's 20% that they're trying to throw at me. So being able to navigate that, I think is such a great um, skill to learn because it's not that you're saying, no, I will never do this for you. And I don't want your problems to be my problems. It's it's just not now. And maybe eventually it will fit into the things that I need to get done, but it's not my 20% right now. Yeah. And I feel like having
2: a language around that now, because I really do. That's how I speak to it. And people seem to get it quickly in that. Okay. Wow. She's very clear on what she can and what she uh, uh, has available in order to uh, get the thing done, if that makes sense. So for me, (laughs) having the ability to speak clearly as to what I can do and what I can't is so powerful.
1: Has that changed your ability to communicate with the people around you, whether it's your husband or, um, you know, employees or or what have you? Um, I guess you wouldn't call them employees, but, you know, your team, like give me a little bit about that clarity and how people interpret your communication now that you're so clear.
2: I think that um my default was people pleasing. So for me I would look to um w- what can I do to make this person happy at, at sacrificing my own um mental capacity even like to handle all of that. And 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 oftentimes I would disappoint people anyway because I couldn't facilitate all of those those things that were on my plate. So for me understanding that I can't make everyone happy, but I can be, I can be clear about what I can offer. And that honestly has paid off in dividends because people appreciate when you're, when you tell them you can't do something and you it doesn't have to be emotionally tied. It can be very, I don't know what the word is, but. Just, clear. Yeah, just clear, clear. yeah. Clear. Yeah.
1: Clearest kind. Yes. I, I relate so much to this because I too am a people pleaser. And in doing this process, you start to realize how people pleasing does benefit. It, it does zero benefit to anyone, yes. yourself, yeah. the people around you, like you are saying yes to all of these things or saying yes to tasks just to make somebody happy when, like you just said, you can't juggle everything. So you're disappointing people anyway. And then it feels like this very circular, like mm. no end. And then you become even more anxious because then you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not pleasing any people and I'm not pleasing myself.
2: Yeah. And I just want to add to that too. I I look at it now that I could be taking an opportunity away from someone else, Um, especially because we are ranked based in the military. So if there's someone that is a lower rank than me that I can give an opportunity to to shine like that to me is an exceptional motivator for saying no.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, so many people can relate to feeling like they have the no ability, or they have the inability to say no. And what you're saying is like, get clear on what matters most for you so that you can communicate that. And it's not that you're going to say no to everybody, but what you want to make sure is like, hey, I'm not saying no to these things for me. So here's what I have available. But giving yourself that framework and that clarity to communicate where you found success.
2: People appreciate that too. I just found that has paid off in spades as far as people appreciate when you're very clear with them on what you can and cannot do.
0: I love what you said about you might be taking something away from someone else. That's a really interesting uh, take because there there is someone out there that they want to develop in an area, or they have a growth mm-hmm. opportunity, and and or they have an interest, or some some opportunity to promote or to move up. And mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's a skill level to knowing your team and, and your sphere uh, well enough to know like where their development opportunities exist and being thoughtful about, hey, you know, this, this person would benefit from getting some experience in this area. This is a better task for them.
1: Well, we talked about that with the no club as well a couple of episodes ago about being able to, quote unquote, delegate to somebody else who you're giving them an opportunity to shine. So that's really putting this all to good use.
2: Yeah. Can I just throw out there too with the no club? I have been practicing the waiting 24 hours to say yes or no, and my gosh, it is awesome. That is awesome. So thanks for sharing that. I mean, I'm serious. It has uh, it has shown up in my life already.
1: I helped me. Love that, and I love that because it's such a good. We hear it as we're interviewing people. We've had conversations with members of the community that have been like, oh yeah, that episode of the podcast was really impactful. But to hear people actually taking the information from the episodes and implementing it into their lives and seeing how the ben- how it benefits them, it's just really awesome to hear.
0: Oh yeah, 100%. It's pretty cool. I want to circle back on uh, just a couple of things because I think we can offer a little explanation and um, terminology. We talked about, and get your insight on this too, of course, April, and we talked, you talked about the success list. And I think that's a cool exercise that if someone's not familiar with what we're talking about, we could expand on a little bit. And it's really rooted in what we call the number one lie that stands between you and success which is that the lie is that everything matters equally we talked about that the truth is it doesn't they don't things do not matter equally right there are certain mm-hmm. items actions activities that are going to give you a greater ROI towards your goals or your your overall you know net impact and it's figuring out what those things are and we talk about the Pareto principle, which is 80-20. Mm. And we talked about 20% a few times. And if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, the 20% are those high ROI items. It's the 20% activities that will deliver the 80% of your results, the 80-20 rule. Mm. And the success list is a cool and very simple way that you can apply in so many different areas to, to do that. And uh, so I'll stop talking for a second. I'll pass it to you. April, what, uh, how do you do a success list? And what what does that mean for you?
2: Well, for me, it comes down to um, what are my annual goals, right? The 411. So let me break that down. So it's not just this concept, right? But um, it. what are my annual goals? What are my monthly goals? And what are my weekly activities? So when I think of that, I look at the week. Okay. I have these activities that are most important to me that I want to focus on this week and accomplish, And then looking at those weekly activities, I decide what time and what day is it going to be the most beneficial or am I going to have the actual bandwidth to focus on that? Um, So I typically use from uh, five in the morning to about six in the morning for this time to focus on specifically what I'm going to do and then start chipping away at it. So usually the first 10 minutes of the morning is... Um, looking at my list and then prioritizing as, it, as I need to. And then the next 50 minutes are what is the most important. And usually I can get whatever I need to get done in those 50 minutes before I get a call, before I get distracted by something else, before um, my day at work starts. Right. So um, that's that's what I do as far as building a success list. And that's how it looks from a day-to-day
0: perspective. Cool, yeah, that's awesome. What a great application. We we've been having a few conversations lately about the the morning and that like time to give yourself that focus right before everybody else's twenty percent starts to to come in and infiltrate your focus. Uh, for the for the listeners, really easy way if you don't have if you haven't done a success list before, really simple. I'll give it to you quick. Do this: make a to do list. Write down everything that you could do over the next week all the things, all the tasks you have on your list, get about 10, 15 of them. Then just ask yourself the question, go one by one. Is Go the first list, uh, task you have on your list. Is this a 20% that will deliver 80% of the results towards my goals for the month or the week or the year? If yes, start. If no, move down And so you do the whole list. Separate those out at your success list. So it's just pulling that 20% out.
1: Yeah, and I love it when we say... Uh, what could I do and what should I do? Right. Because there's a difference between what you could do that might be on your to-do list, but what you should do to be in order mm. to be successful is is much different than that
0: 80%. Yeah. And again, it doesn't mean that you're gonna say no to the things that you didn't star on your list. You're just not going to say no for sure to the, the 20%. And you can work in order of priority. Exactly. For someone who maybe isn't in a, a role like yours where you have like to support people and create availability you know if you're just in a like a, a more task oriented role and you, you're talking about your own personal 8020 split what you're talking about is like creating a time block to catch up and just separating that so you're not getting distracted exactly.
1: yeah. were you doing time blocking before you were introduced to the one thing April
0: No. (laughs) No, no, not at all. It was
2: not even at the top of my mind that I could control my schedule like that.
1: How different is it? I mean, can you even imagine your life prior to time blocking at this point now? No, I can't.
2: And that's why when I brought up the fires earlier, it just felt chaotic. It just felt like pulling, getting pulled a thousand different ways. And then when is this ever going
1: to end? Like when is the, yeah, the burnout was real. Well, and you become such a reactive person, right? Yeah, reactive. Reactive. Um, Because similarly, like, So my background's in public relations and public relations can be crisis management a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And you're at the mercy of a client where they're calling you saying, I need something right now. So it was ingrained in my brain that I need to respond in this moment and just being able to time block time for crisis, time for responses. um, I, I think people underestimate Time blocking, like that's yeah. truly the the root cause or yeah. the root solution of <laughs> a lot of pro of a lot of issues. Yeah, and
2: I think that people miss out on that because when you do do a success list, you the key step that I was missing when I first started this habit. Was um, putting it in my calendar. <laughs> I'd have it all written out and figured out as far as like, okay, this is what I want to accomplish. This is what I need to accomplish. But I wouldn't actually put it into my planner and and block that time. So things were hit and miss. I was have like, you... what is the missing thing? I what is the key that I'm missing here? And then finally, I figured out. <laughs> I like,
0: oh, I'm. It's Put simple. it in your
2: calendar. Yeah.
0: <laughs> have you? Uh... Sorry to interrupt you before. Have you had the experience of over calendaring? Has that happened to you where oh you, my gosh, you, you yeah. uh, overcorrected and, and tried to block too much?
2: Um, I, I think that having white space is important. And mm-hmm. I've definitely over, yeah, I I wouldn't say that I've over time blocked my. Those my one thing, but I've definitely over scheduled myself for those other eighty percent tasks. So I hope that makes sense. But what I'm saying is, if if I'm not careful about protecting my time off, like that's where I feel like I over overdid it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I've I've seen some calendars. It's just it's unrealistic. I mean, if you you've got yeah. you've got you know thirty minute blocks back to back to back to back to back yeah, all day long with no white space, and it's just what i've experienced is it's it's unachievable in most cases you're going to something's going to break that flow you're going to lose the buy-in on the the time blocking and feel like this isn't working and before you know it you're just like throwing the concept out the window and so i think what's most important to call out is you need to at least time block your priorities the things that matter most we call the 20% and you can figure out what else makes sense but time block and commit to the things that matter most and don't and honor those time blocks. Don't don't break them. And if you, there's a saying we say if you, uh, if you break it, replace it. You know. So if you don't honor your time block, you got to move it somewhere else. If it's a priority, don't just throw it away.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. So what else is standing out for you that you think is valuable to talk about around the process and what you found to be successful?
2: I think that um, everyone should really employ the thinking big. So for me, the fact that I'm talking to you all right now about some successes that I've had um, with the one thing, uh, that's to me pretty big. (laughs) And um, two years ago, I never would have imagined this opportunity and the opportunity to impact other people with what I've learned so to me um don't limit yourself by small thinking and um really explore what what does big mean to you so um that that has opened up so many uh, just limitless possibilities for for me and for my life that i i never thought was i was capable of so that that's something i'm going to cherish for the rest of my life that i uh, am, am exploring that and i can see that um there's there's limitless potential there.
0: Oh, it's so cool. I mean, you're teaching thousands of people right now on on these concepts. So that is pretty cool. Is is there outside of that is there a, a specific example you're comfortable sharing about when you you know thought big and didn't limit your thinking and what you achieved?
2: Well, most recently <laughs> <laughs> um I know a lot of of uh, the one thing community already knows this, but um I'm and when I was on the uh, podcast um, in the beginning of the year, I was thinking big about becoming an Ironman. And for me, the thought of doing an Ironman has always been in the back of my head uh, ever since I was a teenager. But I never really understood how how I could put that together and, and make it actually happen for myself. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns there. And there was also a lot of uh, self-limiting beliefs, right? So... Thinking big was, what can I do to break through that? And then going small, What what's one thing that I can do? And I know it's a focusing question, but such by doing it, makes everything else easier and necessary. And that's how I brought it to triathlon. And my one thing was learning one thing about triathlon that I could employ, learning one thing every day that I could try and employ in my my life. And that's what moved the needle for me forward.
0: So cool! Uh, thanks for sharing that, and yeah, again, congrats. On, yeah, congratulations! On that. So cool, <laughs> so cool. <laughs>
1: but it's amazing what you can do if you, you know, dream big, imagine extraordinary. Don't let your limiting beliefs tell you it's not possible, as we learned with Colin O'Brady, mm-hmm. and then you go small, right? And mm-hmm. that's where I think a lot of Listeners and people who are are trying to implement the one thing, get a little lost or or find challenging is the going small part because it's not what is it? You don't you eat an elephant one bite at a time. It's yeah. the same type of approach. Like you're not you're envisioning this massive life and then taking the steps necessary to go get it. You're not just. Mm eating the elephant in one bite.
0: Yeah. What? what uh, Colin, I love what Colin said. You know, we, we say, think big, imagine extraordinary, you know, someday in the future. And his, his thing is like, what's your Everest? And that's yeah. Like, oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> you know, what is mine? Well,
2: Everest? I want, I want to add that it's not glamorous at times when you're knocking down the little things and people, people have this big goal, like doing an Iron Man or cl- climbing Mount Everest or, um, Uh, finishing a a degree or writing a book and then they get, they put pedal to the metal and they're like, well, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I didn't expect that I was going to have so much laundry after every workout. (laughs) 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 Yeah, The grocery bills were going to go up and um, the travel costs, all of those things. They're not, maybe not thinking about, but then I also, for me personally, it, the going small is what made this the most impactful for me. So and the most um, rewarding because it wasn't just crossing a finish line for me. It was building a life that I I wanted for myself, a healthy present life in that when I go and do my swim workouts, I'm enjoying the, the moment. I'm, I love um, being in the water, especially out out outdoors because you're in nature there's nobody heckling you <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're just in that zone, right So for me uh, yes, going small can be difficult in, in that it's hard to see the big picture and how these little things add up but when you take it down in your presence, and you really uh, look for the gratitude in the moment, it can, it can have a meaningful impact right then and there. It doesn't have to be this this goal that you've been ach- trying to achieve for so long. It can, it can really be um, impactful in that one singular moment versus, well, when I do this, now I'm great. Like to me, that, that, that doesn't resonate with me. It's, it's the fact that I trained for two years. I showed up. I I did everything I needed to do. I learned. I became a student of my sport. Um, I I helped other people that were out there uh, on the course. Like those are the memories that I'm going to take away for the rest of my life that I I truly cherish by living this life, by going small.
0: That's awesome. Go ahead. No, No. please. Uh, I I was going to say that... It's, it's what we what we talk about sometimes about, you know, the purpose of a goal can be one of the, the purposes can be to uh, inform who is the person you need to become along the mm. way so that you can earn the right to achieve that goal. And I think sometimes that can feel a little hard to understand or connect to. And I think you just what you just explained is a perfect example of that. Like, it's who you're becoming. It's what's mm. being created for you so that you can get to that goal. That's really the most valuable part.
1: Well, and what I loved is you said it's not glamorous, right? Because a lot of people think, I'm going to set these really big goals. I'm going to go after them and achieve them. It's still a challenge. It's still it hard. You still have to put a lot of work into it. And it's not always going to feel like you are moving like at a all. lightning speed or at all, you Right? right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to have to go through... I'm going to say some shit in order to get there. And I I love that you called out that it's not always glamorous. There was a, a saying I saw at one point, because we do believe it is the um, surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary mm-hmm. results, but we don't say it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's simple. It's not, it doesn't have to mean that it's easy.
0: Yeah. And it mm-hmm. can feel like you're succeeding so slowly that it feels like you're failing.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, April, I want to ask you a question. This has been a really great conversation. And I think there's so many relatable takeaways oh for, gosh, so for everyone that's uh, that's listening and, and your experience. So thank you again so much for being here. But if you could have our listeners just take away one thing from the conversation <laughs> today, what would that be?
2: So for me, the most impactful thing that I've learned, and I know we haven't really dove into it because uh, we've talked a lot about a lot of different things, but with the values, learning about who you are, what you value most, um, and then aligning that with what you want to achieve is the difference maker in whether or not you're going to put the effort forward that need, that's needed. So to me, I think about My three core values, and I'm so grateful for this community because they've helped me figure this out and actually identify them, but our leadership, impact, and growth. And when I figure that out for myself, that's when those key habits showed up in my life. So when I talk about leadership, how do I impact the people that I lead uh, um, in my Air Force life and then in my personal life? And then when I talk about um, impact, how can I serve someone? How can I make someone's day better? How can I show gratitude for what uh, for what they've done for me? And and hopefully, when they leave a conversation with me, they feel like they've been positively impacted. And then growth. This triathlon uh, experience was an absolute growth opportunity. There were moments in my life that I uh, I felt i had to gut through a lot <laughs> um especially with the some negative self talk and to me overcoming a lot of that and and getting on the other side of that cuz victory looks different for everyone that to me was growth so um crossing that finish line and then looking back and 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 remembering the the long workouts the the time away from my husband, like it just, it definitely presented growth for me. So that's what I want people to take away from this is find out what your core values are and then align them and figure out the why behind some of the things that you want to go after. Because if you do that, you're going to have a greater reason than just, I want to lose weight or I want to get healthy or I want to um, save money or anything like that you're gonna have an actual uh, reason as to why these things are important
0: to you. That's
1: so powerful. April, thank you so much. You're a rock
2: star. <laughs> you all thank you for this opportunity. I, I can't uh, can't tell you enough how much I appreciate what you do, um, what you what you bring out of people because you brought this out of me. so thank you um and and keep doing what you're doing.
0: Oh, it's mutual. Trust me. Thank you for being here and and hearing your success and and what impact it's having and you are now having as a result is is so rewarding. So it's been awesome. Thanks again.
1: Thank you, April. Thanks for listening to The One Thing Podcast. If you're a bold risk taker who wants to dream big and achieve a higher level of success in your life or business, visit theonething.com. There, you'll find information on -on one-on-one coaching, our exclusive community membership program, and customized workshops that will help you get your team or organization aligned and rowing in the same direction. That's T-H-E, the number one, dot com to start living the life you've always dreamed of today. Be sure to follow the show to stay up to date on weekly episodes, guest interviews, and more. Plus, we would love to hear from you. Send us a voice note by going to speakpipe.com/slash the one thing or email us at podcast at the one thing.com. We'll see you next week.